Welcome to Lost Levels Club. Welcome to Lost Levels Club. And with me tonight, Sir Michael. Hello. And myself, Timothy. Hello. And also, Mike Q. Again. Hello. From the X Drive Megabox podcast. We're book lover games. And today we are. Today we're going to talk about. Elden Ring. The final chapter. Yes. Or oh, is it not the final no, chapter? This, because this... you are doing the ASMR, uh, whatever it is. No, this is law. This law is most definitely version. the final chapter. <laughs> okay. Great. Great. So we're going to do a summary, but we'll break it down. Yeah, this is the freewheeling talk about the game as a whole. Although neither of you have finished it, but you played enough. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Are you are you going to finish it? That sounds like built-in prejudice. This is this is anti anti I don't know. I'm just letting people know Finishes. that only my opinion actually matters. Fine, fine. That That's is very fair. fair. Only your opinion is valid. <laughs> that that was harsher than, you know, that that sounded harsher than I intended, even though it's what I meant. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> let's let's go. So let's start with the expectations we have for the game. Yeah, well, weirdly, I mentioned this right in the very first app, but I didn't expect it to be a Souls-like for some reason. You know, I knew Sekiro was a bit different to their previous games, and I thought this was going to be a bit different again. And because I'd not been watching anything to avoid spoilers, you know, I, I didn't watch the network test, I didn't watch you know, gameplay footage. So uh, I really didn't realize it was literally going to be a Souls-like again. And uh, yeah, I had quite a surprise when I booted it up and I was like, oh, it's it's Dark Souls 4-ish. What? So you thought it would be it was going to be more different kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of thought it was going to be a like a bit more Breath of the Wildy, if that makes sense. Like a bit more casual. Yeah. That would have been disappointing. So, so you didn't. So, so you you you're expecting something slightly more light, but it was. I mean, how similar? How similar to main Dark Souls is it? I guess you talked about this a bit in the first episode, and that to me it, it seems it just is like a very similar setup. It's just obviously those are more linear and these are more open world, which I think is something we we'll get into. Yeah, but you know, the moment to moment gameplay is really really dark soulsy or soulsborny 
you know, I think like the one thing that's different is that there's a jump button now, but yeah. the, you know, <laughs> the fundamentals of how it works with the stamina gauge and the dodge rolling, you know, I mean, I guess it's, it, there's some things they have added, like the Ash of War system, the Ashes of War are much more epic and the magic meter is a, you know, the focus points, the FP, that's a Dark Souls 3 thing. The previous games, the spells worked on like a slot system. But, you know, it's it's very much like Dark Souls 3. Mm. Do you say it'll be more casual as a as a negative? I feel like that's a negative thing. Filthy casuals. Yeah. <laughs> no. Is that what you meant? I, I, no, I don't. I don't I want to attach any judgment to it. I just thought it was going to be different. You know, I didn't expect it to literally be another Souls game, you know, in the way it felt you know, combat-wise and, and inventory-wise and, you know, everything. I mean, I was I was happy to discover that it was because obviously I really liked those games. But I thought they were trying to make a more mass-market accessible thing. Mm. But somehow they just managed to make Souls games accessible to the mass-market. Well, that's pretty good. What about you, Tingo? So had you only played the Dark Souls 3 beforehand or had you done kind of... Bloodborne or Sekiro or any no, of these? No, just Dark Souls 3. And no, you loved oh, it? It's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand why... Um, I don't understand why people play it. I played as a purist. No wiki, no help. And it was terrible. I don't understand why people would suffer that. Yeah, because I, I remember you played Dark Souls 3 because I made you play Dark Souls 3, right? Yeah. I, I picked it for the book club game and thus you had to play mm. it. And because we were playing it right after it came out, there wasn't much information anyway to begin with. Yeah. Hmm. And you know, limiting beliefs is a real thing. Like I just had so many, every time I hit a boss I couldn't do, I, really, I believed I couldn't do it. <laughs> and, mostly, and eventually I found a boss <laughs> I couldn't do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you exactly. You, you expected to fail. You yeah. expected to find it too hard. And I, I remember I was, I was watching you play over share play and and you were just like dancing around and running away. I was just just hit him. Just just hit the attack button. And you were just like, oh no, I, I've got to dodge. I'm so like, just hit him. He's got he's got one HP. Was this was this on Dark Souls or on this? This one? is Dark Souls three. Yeah. Because huh. th- this has made me want to go back and get the Dark Souls because I had Dark Souls two originally, but but I never really played any of oh, them. Yeah, two's quite different though. I think two is actually largely made by a different team. Oh really? Yeah. Two's a bit of like the black sheep of the series. I mean, it has some good ideas, but it is actually quite different. Oh, I, I guess that's a whole other whole other podcast. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. We can we can have Dark Souls Two with the book club game next. And things just like no, no. I'll be better this time. <laughs> but my love for Breath of the Wild is so much greater than that. My hate for Dark Souls Three. I had a lot of hope for this, had a lot of hype, and I really can imagine how a Breath of the Wild cross Dark Souls would be good. Yeah. And that vision is strong. But it, I thought, I don't know if it's whether I, I intentionally ignored the previews or the previews weren't really there. But for a long time, I just held on to this vision rather than see what was really there. Do you know what I mean? I mean, maybe we we're both in the same spot, right? Because I, you know, we'd, we'd seen screenshots, I guess. But, you know, I was mm. expecting it to look like a FromSoft game, but I didn't necessarily expect it to play exactly like Dark Souls. 
And so maybe you were thinking the same, right? You were thinking, you knew it was going to be an open world game. You knew they were expecting it to be more mass market. And so maybe we both thought it would be a bit more Breath of the Wildy, but... It is more Breath of the Wildy. <laughs> yeah, I guess maybe it is, yeah. Well, what do you think? Sorry, Mikey. I mean... I thought the opening was very Breath of the Wild because, you know, it just lacked that music where you emerge out of the graveyard and, and suddenly, you know, the the, the uh, landscape expands uh, in front of you. Yeah, I thought... I. I, I definitely think they played Breath of the Wild and they deliberately stuck a little bit of that into it. Uh, but otherwise, I mean, Breath of the Wild is pretty much defined by its climbing mechanic, right? And you have nothing of that here and the exploration is pretty different. I just think they probably played it and thought, oh, that's that's really interesting. And what what's, what, what's our... I mean, fundamentally, it's like, what's our open world Dark Souls going to be like? But, but I think the... Just going back to what you were saying about them setting expectations, and this is kind of why why I wanted to ask you guys about this because they um the marketing was basically non gameplay footage for 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 a long long time, as in it was just kind of kind of mood videos, and they were selling it on uh, here is from software plus George R R Martin creating this amazing massive fantasy land. And for some people, I can see why why that really hits home. For me, that was a massive turnoff because it just looked like just kind of you know not silly fantasy, but it's just it's it's like that over the top kind of JRPG kind of style, which which I, I personally just don't 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 take to. You should, you should use the words as you've written them down. Fantasy trash. <laughs> fantasy trash. <laughs> there you go. Fantasy trash. Thank you. But there was that. But that 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 really is it. Like it, it looks it 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 looked like a standard like Lord of the Rings kind of that the law makes no sense. People say mysterious things to one another, and it's going to be some shit story that you're playing through, plus the hardness of Dark Souls. Do you not this want to be invited funny. back? Do you not want to be invited back? <laughs> I think what this is mean? great. I love it. I love it. I love having. I love having my nemesis. You know, someone to someone. Who, to fight against i'm just thinking like I, I was having to try and remember what the marketing was like because obviously i you know i had already intended to buy it because it was a from software game and i've actually read you know song of ice and fire so the george rr martin right. connection for me was a good thing and yeah you're right like thinking about what those marketing videos were like they you know and what do they remind me most of it it reminds me of when i saw the final fantasy 7 videos do you remember the yeah. are you you know who, people who are old enough to remember that like in the 90s there was like this massive marketing campaign for final fantasy 7 none of it was gameplay footage it was all like this like a load of like wishy-washy fantasy stuff and sephiroth looking moody and walking through flames right it, it's it's the same kind of thing and i guess i mean maybe maybe that's all you need to make a successful fantasy game because that game also did gangbusters so I mean, you you definitely see it in Final Fantasy 16 now because they're just promoting that and that's all that kind of stuff. And people go, oh, my God, the world looks gorgeous. Oh, my goodness, this looks amazing. It's a return to kind of classic Final Fantasy, which I, I just don't I, I don't follow that stuff. Uh, by the way, when I say fantasy trash, <laughs> okay. I, do, I, don't, I, do, I don't mean that uh, I don't like George R. R. Martin because, you know, I love Game of Thrones. I haven't personally read the read the books, but 
I did like kind of Game of Thrones and all that sort of stuff. And so, you know, in concept, it sounds fine. It's just, uh, I, uh, you know, in the same way as that, that, that kind of, what is it, the action Final Fantasy that came out didn't appeal to me, then this kind of didn't appeal to me just because I'm not in that kind of zone. So, so anyway, I wasn't expecting anything of it and I wasn't expecting to get it. And I was quite, uh, you know, I thought I could see all the hype around, but didn't think it was for me. But then when people started playing and reviewing it, because there was there was like a, a kind of drumbeat just before it came out where people were going, seriously, that this is incredibly good. Like this, this epic thing that we've been waiting for for ages is actually incredibly good. It's arriving on time, which is rare. And it's huge. Uh, so I thought, oh, that's interesting. And then, you know, the, the reviews started coming in and I listened to kind of various podcasts about it and uh, and watched a bit on Twitch and stuff like this. And it looked so beautiful. And the action looked good. And you obviously get a double jumping horsey. Uh, so that's pretty much what, what, what sold it for me, as well as you guys going... In that Life is Strange uh, uh, pod, are we going to do Elden Ring next? Are you going to get it? I was like, God damn it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and then I think a couple of days later, I did. So, yeah, uh, I was definitely turned around on it after after launch. Um, I'm just thinking, wow, was, was Life is Strange True Colors the last book club game before this? We've been doing this for so long. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Were you put off by the difficulty? Me? Yeah. I think I was put off the thought of it by the difficulty, but it's not actually as difficult as, like, it's a different kind of hard. It's not blanket hard, do you see what I mean? Yeah. Like, it gives you opportunities, and clearly that's the major difference between this and the other Dark Souls in that, because it's non-linear, you can go off and, and kind of rank up elsewhere and find challenges you can pick off. I just think Dark Souls is not that hard. I think everyone's got it in their head that Dark Souls is really hard. But, you know, you played this and you found it fine. I, I bet if you go back and play the earlier Souls games, you will just find them fine as well. I'm I'm saying this with no yeah. evidence. But, you know, I don't think they're that no, hard. No. I think it's it's a weird... You know, the, the series has been sold on this idea that it's really hard. And people have taken it to heart. This this is another thing I saw commented on in that it's it's not uh, it's not like a Returnal or something like that. It's not like insane reaction speed, like blind difficulty. And the people who really appreciate it and the Dark Souls, the Souls like games, appreciate that it's about precision, about learning the part uh, the patterns of the enemies, and figuring it out a bit like a puzzle game. And I think that that notion of it being a giant puzzle really does carry through in this Elden Ring. I think there's also this idea in the Souls games that, you know, there's there's no explicit difficulty slider. There's nothing to go and say, okay, you're playing in hard mode, you're playing in easy mode. Actually, there kind of is in Dark Souls 2, but again, that's the exception because it's, you know, it's it's a slightly weird one. But you know, there kind of is, you know, the game is as hard as you want to make it. You know, if you want to, if you want to pick like the wretch class or run around with fist weapons or something, you know, then the game will be quite hard. Whereas mm. in Elden Ring, if you go full magic build from the start and you really commit to it, apparently 
it can be really easy. Like magic apparently is really strong in in Elden Ring. And, you know, or I mean, maybe you have to look up a guide to make the most of it because you have to know where to get some of the appropriate spells or the appropriate, you know, staffs or focuses or something. But yeah, I've heard that magic is incredibly strong if you if you commit to it. And I've seen those crazy vids of people one shotting basically every boss by just like Comet Azuring it in the face. Amazing. I mean, the, 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 the magic, this is something I kind of learned since since last recording, which is relatively recent. <laughs> the, the, the breadth of both the fields of magic is pretty incredible. Like, I hadn't really explored faith magic before, but faith magic is a whole other level from the normal magic, or however you want to describe it, the intelligence magic. I thought that was really, really cool. I've never seen that breadth and variety in 3D with proper animation before. Yeah, it is really epic. Some of the stuff you can do, like the yeah, because you're right. The the sorcery, the int magic, is mostly like shooting blue things. Whereas yeah, the pew pew yeah, the face magic is like golden discuses and exploding briars of blood or poison mists and giant claws that rip through the ground i don't know all sorts of cool stuff i don't know if you've seen there's there's one which is like a giant dragon head you you turn your head into a giant dragon head and breathe fire at them which looks amazing that sounds amazing but but to do that in this kind of game it's it it's a commitment to that variety and and the insane creativity that's at play here all over all over the game and you get a double jumping horse. <laughs> of all the things, of all the things to really focus on. But, but yeah. Really hammer home. My wife came in and watched me play a bit and, and she said, that's not a horse, it's got horns. I said, oh, well, whatever. Yeah, it's not even a unicorn, it's a dunicorn, du- duonicorn. I don't think it's even supposed to be a horse. They just call it a steed, don't they? So Yeah, that's true. It's kind of more bully. Yeah. Have you seen Princess Mononoke? It's like Yaku. Yes. Yes. That's gorgeous. So the other thing I was wondering was uh, what you thought of this as a kind of open world game, especially in comparison to other open world games. Can we do one more thing quickly before we get into that one? Did you expect, so did you expect it to be a 95 plus game? Or do you even think about that stuff? Did you think about it being a game of the year contender? Me or Mike? Both. Mike. I mean, go- going into it, yeah, I think you asked you asked me, didn't you? What what do you think it's going to get before the metacritic scores came out and I was like it's going to be 95 plus. And I said this just <laughs> with no knowledge at all. I just blindly said it. I was like I think it's going to be a 95 plus and you're going to have to play it. So I was expecting it to do extremely well okay likewise but but do you care you know i care i know you care <laughs> <laughs> me no because i i play what games i i like the look of playing. yes independent thought <laughs> <laughs> i wouldn't go that far i i've already explained how i came to play it in the end <laughs> which was social pressure <laughs> <laughs> not even pressure but influence sorry let's go back to open world oh yeah so, so yeah how did it, i don't know if you guys have covered this before but 
<laughs> we haven't. That's why I thought it was a good section, actually. Um, so, I mean, to me, if it doesn't feel like any other open world game I've played, but I do find that very difficult to pin down why that is. And it does come back to that uh, a Breath of the Wild comparison. So I just wondered uh, about your guys' thoughts on, on this and why you think it, it feels different if you do think it does and how it compares as an open world game in inverted commas. I'm trying to think what other open world games I've even played. I don't think I've, uh, you know, I'm trying to think. There's, there's the Elder Scrolls series, which yeah. the early ones I think are a bit like this, and I really liked Morrowind in particular. The later ones just, just become a load of points of interest to fast travel to, which obviously feels very different. Like to the extent that you almost don't care about the world anymore. It's just like get a quest zip to the nearest fast travel point, walk the last 100 meters, like you don't care. And then, you know, by contrast, Breath of the Wild is is currently, I think, the touchstone for what a good open world should be. Mm. And that's one where you want to walk to, you know, where the quest is because you want to see what's on the way. Like the world is that good, you know, like you could mm. teleport there, but actually you'd rather walk because you never know what you're going to find. And that might be more fun than the actual quest. So, I mean, you guys, you guys reviewed Red Dead, didn't you? Yeah, we did do Red Dead. You're right. Yeah, Red Dead. That's a, that's a that's a good point. That's not. Does that have fast travel? It's got it's got a bit of fast travel, doesn't it? Yeah. But I think I think I started out not fast traveling for quite a long time, and then eventually, just for expediency, I did. Mm. But Red Dead's world is quite just empty. Yeah. Yeah. The traveling. Beautiful. The traveling is for exposition usually. So you'll normally have someone by you and then they'll there'll be some dialogue. Yeah, you'll be sitting on the wagon while you have a long (laughs) conversation. (laughs) God, it's awful. It's so bad. (laughs) I you know what I keep meaning to go back to Red Dead 2, but I haven't. I played like the first I played long enough to get out of the snow and then just never went back to it. Nice. (laughs) Uh that's sad. Oh, I thought you'd played more. No, unfortunately not. Uh, uh, yeah, I just ended up ended up running around that game and patting dogs, as you probably know. <laughs> well, I mean, I brought up because they because uh, th- there's just such a huge spectrum of 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 open worlds, and I think the ones that we mentioned. So you go back to Skyrim and Zelda, more and less so, but Oblivion, let's say. And I, I played Horizon recently because they released Horizon Forbidden West around mm. the same time. So I played and completed that, and then I played this. Well, Zero Dawn or Forbidden West? Forbidden West. Oh, right, okay. Well, this, th- then you know the most, because I think that's another really interesting touchstone then, because obviously the you know the Horizon devs had that spat on Twitter about Elden Ring, didn't they? So Yeah, I can't, I can't remember what that's about, though. What were they oh, spatting they, they about? They were talking about oh, the both logs. the... The, 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 the UI because they're saying like the, yeah. the interface in Elden Ring is like really basic and doesn't tell you anything and you know it's like isn't it a shame yeah. that like our game's so much better but people are all talking about how good Elden Ring is and the quest design they were saying like oh you know our quest design's so good and Elden Ring's is really obtuse so yeah but exactly it's a design mm. choice now I remember you, you guys talking about this but but it, it seemed I, I, I think there's a it's 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 almost that those games prioritize the story and the 
kind of control of it over the variety that we've got here in in Elden Ring in that you've got um Zelda is very there are about four set areas aren't there which kind of map to the uh to the dungeon okay may- maybe a few more but but you have you have these kind of overall world areas and it feels very kind of structures and structured in a way and very very neat uh and it carries you on on a kind of quest path and horizon definitely is it prioritizes the cinematic so it's a it's one big story and you know you you hit a point and you get these big cutscenes um and uh you know it's it's kind of very very kind of organized as it were and it takes you from place to place in a very kind of organized fashion in general as well as with the all, all those kind of missions and submissions and 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 all this kind of stuff and then you have things like assassin's creed where you've got you know loads and loads of kind of <laughs> missions kind of thing yeah. fetch quests which is just piled into the world to 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 stack it up, but that, that's what I want, I want to come uh, say uh, consistency. So so you mentioned you mentioned uh, Skyrim and Oblivion, and there you can see the Bethesda guys going more for consistency of the world rather than just like, let's just throw everything into it like they do here. And I believe like they did in Morrowind because Morrowind just went all over the place in, in tone and in, you know, sheer variety of stuff. You you walk into the game and you meet elves and then round the corner you meet huge squid creatures that carry you from place to place. Yeah, pretty much. But you have such a, an immense uh, kind of firing of ideas in that game. In a similar way to, I think you have in this Elden Ring, and that you just have all kinds of crazy stuff around, and you, because you don't have the the story kind of carrying you through, it doesn't it doesn't feel as kind of well. You have a bit of story, but you, you're not kind of told it. You're told it piece by piece. It encourages exploring, but it encourages exploring in a different way to to Zelda. And the sheer mechanics of the game, I think, make it feel very different to, to other open worlds in that you are kind of fighting from place to place rather than purely exploring, if you see what I mean. I've expressed myself very, very poorly, so, so I apologise for that. But I think last episode I said, you know, what's interesting about Elden Ring is that it feels like an epic, epic, huge map, which is cut up into lots and lots of little stories and journeys. And lots and lots of little areas. I think that fundamentally changes how you feel about the kind of world itself. I, I'm, Sorry, I'm trying Mike. to remember what made Breath of the Wild's world so good. I'm trying to, I'm trying to think about what was special about it. I, I guess it's because it was very surprising. Like it had many... It, the physics were great. The, the, physics were, the, the climbing was very satisfying. The physics were very satisfying like it was very systematic like you could you could put things together and feel clever like you could set the grass on fire you could roll a boulder down the hill and you could deal with yeah. encounters in many different ways i guess i guess there's nothing really like that in elden ring and, and i guess there were lots of 
very surprising things too like there's that forest i seem to remember you walk into and everything becomes dark or that island where it's like it's eventide island it's a challenge to take away your inventory and things you know there were there were surprising moments like that i mean i think there is a bit of that in elden ring but not quite to the same magnitude as breath of the wild had but at the same time i do think elden ring's open world is very good because yeah you you mentioned things like you know you're you're playing in in a very bitty way like you're trying to fight to the next grace and that is true but there are times when you have that like long long term goal and you know you see something on the horizon and you go for it in the same way that you do in breath of the wild like i remember my journey to volcano manor was you know that was very memorable because i could i knew where volcano manor was i could see it up on top of the volcano and i just could not figure out how to get to it you know i spent so long trying to you know i took so many wrong turns and like just ending up at the foot of the volcano or like at the base of this riverbed and being like i don't get it and then i eventually found a message in the world that says like you know try left ladder and i was like surely there's not going to be going to be a ladder to the left because it was this area with these those horrible like iron maiden abductor virgins and then yes. that's where i found the first incredibly long ladder and that was you know my that was my in up to volcano manor that sequence of incredibly you know incredibly long ladders but it was a really really memorable journey there and you know i saw it from a long way away and i was i was trying to figure out how to get there so you know th- those moments do happen in elden ring as well yeah, the exploration is really, really good. I, I, I mean it as a plus for Elden Ring. I don't mean it as a, as, as a minus. I do think the, the way it's done is, is incredibly good. Hearing you talk about it, they sound quite similar in the goal. You know, in what they achieve, well, they do it different ways. Yeah, well, m- maybe in Elden Ring too, we'll get a climbing mechanic as well as the double jumping horse, and then. And then it will be complete. And then we'll have everything. But they do feel so different. Yeah, they, they do. That's, that's what's interesting, isn't it? I don't know. I don't, I, 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 I'm not quite sure what to put it down to. I, I think it's the, the variety and the, the amount that they pile into the Elden Ring land. It does feel like there's, there's interesting stuff everywhere in a way that even Zelda doesn't really achieve. But like you said, you, you have to engage with it more closely because your death is really around the corner you know you're 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 tiptoeing to the next side of grace well well, i'm tiptoeing you you know mike is both mics are taking massive strides but for me i'm tiptoeing to the next side of grace always tiptoeing or i've got a horse i'm just careering blindly into the forwards and hoping for the best no but you know i can definitely see where you're coming from too because at the start of the game when everything was new and confusing and i felt like a weak little mouse i was also just stumbling around confused you know like that's how i missed that first map piece because i was too afraid to walk into that you know encampment right or you know why did i miss what why did i have to walk to volcano manor it's because i actually missed the quest giver who gives you the invitation that lets you teleport there because Mm. again i was just like in the lake and there were scary enemies and i just ran straight through the lake and found a teleporter that took me right to the gate of the rail lucaria and you know once i was at rail lucaria i had no desire to go wandering through that horrible lake of things (laughs) summoning skulls at me you know so that's how i missed the way to Volcano Manor, the quick way. Yeah, fair enough. 
I do love that death is around every corner. Should we move on to overall thoughts? I just had one more thing. Sorry, sorry on this, which was, which was, uh, sorry, it, it, you're, what you were saying is just reminding me of it, but then I lost it again. Come on. Basically, at the very, very start of the game teaches you that you should go off the path. Like it deliberately teaches you that because both through on, on the kind of macro scale with the, you know, Margit and even the troll thing that, that dr- drops down on you right at the very start when you're going into that castle. But I think specifically when you're going up the path from there and just a random pack of um, wolves are dropped from the sky if you go along the path. Do you remember this? I do remember this. Yeah, and, and it's clearly just going, right, okay, you run along the path, these wolves are going to drop on you. Whereas you ru- literally you're running on the grass, they're not going to drop on you. So it's really, t- I, I'm pretty sure that it's a design choice there right at the start to go, don't, we're, we're pointing you way, way to go and we're giving you a path to go there, but don't take our things to, so, uh, too seriously because the way that we're pointing you to is death. I think this is a very interesting insight because because this is like the first one of these games that you've really put in a lot of time in. And I guess maybe this is why this game has done well because yeah, they're they're teaching you these lessons and you are learning them whereas me stubbornly you know, having played a whole bunch of the previous ones, did not pick up on this at all. I was just like, <laughs> "Oh yes, souls likes." Of course they're gonna, of course they're gonna put me into a total BS trap, you know. And it's time to get good, and I'm gonna fight Margit at base level and just keep going until I beat him, you know. So I carried in my if prejudices, first you don't succeed. and uh, yeah, yeah, didn't learn. Yeah, I'm 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 pretty sure I'm pretty sure that well I mean this is why I call it like a massive puzzle game as well because just the whole the, the way the systems are set out as well it's it feels like a puzzle because I mean with upgrading a weapon and stuff like this like in the end you're just getting random shit from some other corner of the map that you're not even told kind of what you're looking for and you really don't know where it is whereas in in Horizon or something you'd just be just kind of be told that from the start and given a stack of it. So, should we move on to overall thoughts? So, I I weirdly kind of feel like it was too long. <laughs> I don't know if this is just because of the way I played it, because I I really went to do everything in that first playthrough. But it was really long. You know, it was it was more than double the length of my Dark Souls three 
playthrough, for example. And I think in my Dark Souls 3 playthrough, I was reasonably completionist as well. So, yeah, you know, it's it's a huge, huge game. But, I mean, alternatively, you could view it as just being fantastic value for money. Mm. But, um, yeah, I mean, there's just so much to it. Like, I, I've, I barely finished it in time for that you know last recording we did and you know i don't even have a job you know in theory like i can play this all day and i still almost didn't finish it in time so yeah it, it was feeling a bit long by the end but but then again you know i did actually immediately make a new character after finishing it as a samurai with the intention of doing a you know overpowered bleed build so i clearly was enjoying it too and still am I think maybe if you're playing it without trying to cram it all in before a podcast recording, then, uh, you know, then it's probably more relaxing and more fun. I don't know. Maybe if you're just like spreading it out over a whole year or two. From my perspective, though, because obviously I I quite like to burn through games and, and get them done and be done with them. I'm not sure I want them to keep making you know, such huge games. Like, I don't know if I if I want every From Software game now to be this long. But on occasion, as a magnum opus, I think, I think is good. What do you think of this, Tingo? Because I think just the time pressure thing, I do think there's, there's time pressure for a podcast, but then there's the whole dad thing, which is, do I really want to be plowing through this? And does it give any relaxation? Yeah, yeah, exactly. For the two of you, right? You've got plenty more responsibilities. Do you want to spend half an hour banging your head against Margaret if that's the only half hour you've got to play a game? Half hour would be, yeah, a relatively small amount of time for that. Sometimes it's good to have an excuse to walk away. You know, if I was going to sit there for two hours and be stuck with Margaret, it would not be good. At one point, you know, I had to just write down every time I tried it because, so I was conscious, like, I'm being mindful and I'm knowing that I've had, after, you know, in, in my 30 minutes, I know I've had, I don't know, X goes at market. And for me, that was important. Was that too, too real an answer, wasn't it? No, that's really interesting. Because, because you, you went straight into market, didn't you? You, you didn't kind of dick around beforehand. No. What does that even mean? You you did. You explored more than me. Yeah, yeah, I did. I think you, you went to the lake, you killed the dragon, you went south for a bit or something. So I, I was appropriately You were telling me about lots of places that I'd never heard of. So I was appropriately leveled. It, the market wasn't that hard, luckily. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah, because yeah, that... No, no, I was just going to say that that's why I avoided going for market and all that sort of stuff for so long as well. No, yeah. I mean, that's why I was... I was just using market as an example of the overall you know there'll be a blocker you know and you'll have to eventually bust your way through or or grind which could also be quite unsatisfactory if you don't have much time and you're just having to spend it mindlessly killing the same thing over and over again i don't know but mike's comment mike's comment about playing this game over two years i feel that's directed at me two, two years is generous how long did it take you to finish Baldur's gate <laughs> likewise more than that double that probably are, are you gonna are you gonna keep plugging away at this i'm curious yeah i will do but you know there's always the the complication of when they do the remake because i'll still be playing it when they do that hopefully they'll be able to let me transfer my save over to my ps7 <laughs> <laughs> i think I'll, I'll try and plow on to the end 
it'll be gradual, but uh, I keep going, you know, I tr- try other games a bit, but I do keep coming back to it. Well, you know, but we do run the danger of there being no um, no one to summon for help. That's true. So, I mean, you've got the spirit ashes now. So it's the same. It's, I think it's better. I want someone time, naked honestly. that will just come in and just <laughs> do it want, for me. You want let me solo her or my hero casual <laughs> McScrub Lord. Yeah. I think that's a different game. You, if you get it on PC, then I can help you. If you buy me a PS5, I can help you. <laughs> so you know, we'll, we'll, we'll co-op it. It'll yeah. be fine. You're my only hope. <laughs> it sounds like you're fine anyway. <laughs> When you get to when you get to Renelo, it'll be that'll be okay. Just look up a okay. video. That's not too difficult. <laughs> Sorry, I was just th- thinking of my uh, the poison misting. You were talking about poison misting the the guy on top of the volcano. I did the same to the the dude in front yeah, of the draconic tree sentinel in in front of Lane Dell. Yeah, I heard I heard he's another one you can cheese the same way. Although I fought him, you know, fair and square. Fair and square. That's because you're a bloody, <laughs> bloody dude. Nah, I mean he just just because he didn't <laughs> kill me like ten times in a row, and I got fed up of it. <laughs> I mean the the other thing I was thinking at the end of my 120 hour playthrough is you know it's probably more about the journey than the destination, since you know the the ending, it was fine, but I don't think you know. I don't think it's worth spending 100 hours just to see that cutscene. But the the experience of playing through the game probably was worth it, you know. And that fight with with Radigan and the Elden Beast, you know, that was that was epic and extremely memorable. Also I guess it's it was self-inflicted. Like the game probably could be half the length. I think I you know, you only have to kill two shard bearers and then go to Lanedale. And then do the man on top of the giants and Faramazula and then go back to Lanedale and do all that other stuff. But, you know, I I yeah. went and killed every shard bearer and I did the two optional ones too. So that was a that you know, that's the only reason it was that long. I, it probably could have been half the time if I'd wanted it to be. But I just couldn't resist. Badass. I mean, the the other observation I had was that FromSoft have basically made the same game six times. Or or seven if Sekiro counts. I actually haven't played Sekiro, <laughs> embarrassingly, even though I did buy it, but I haven't played it. I, I just think it's a bit different mechanically. Whereas Demon Souls, Dark Souls 1, 2, and 3, and Bloodborne, and now this, are all gameplay-wise fairly similar. Or they're all like slight variations on a theme. So I don't know. I mean, I can see the refinement. I can I can see the game has become more accessible but it hasn't been dumbed down that's the thing right like they haven't wholesale stripped systems out of it to make the game simpler the game still has you know all these stats and all these skills and like blocking and parrying and you know the different kinds of dodge roll and yet it has done incredibly well you know i think in the first month was it it sold 12 million 12 million units and then it's the best selling game of 2022 to date and shows no signs of slowing down 
I mean, I think originally they thought it was in the top 10 best-selling games in US history, like ever. But then they, they softened the language a bit, the NPD group who tracks these things. But, you know, even if it hasn't quite achieved that level, it, it sold incredibly, incredibly well. It is one of the best-selling games of all time. And, yeah, you know, comparing it to the Elder Scrolls games, as I did a bit earlier, you know, that's another series where they've basically made the same game six or seven times. And I was listening to another podcast where they were saying that they thought Skyrim was the game that Bethesda had always wanted to make. You know, they didn't think that it had been dumbed down. They thought it had been streamlined and made better over time. And that the more complicated games that had come earlier in the series, like Daggerfall and Morrowind, were just because they hadn't refined their vision. You know, they hadn't figured out what was important to their game. And, you know, like I, when I heard that, you know, I, it, it's rare that I was just like, I strongly disagree. You know, it's like I rare. really, really strongly disagree with that sentiment. You know, it's I not rare really, for you, Mike. I don't feel it's not rare. <laughs> maybe, it's, maybe it's rare for me to disagree with this podcast so strongly <laughs> then. But you're right. For me to have a strong opinion is maybe not rare. I, I just, yeah, I really feel like, you know, I, I, I wouldn't say Skyrim's a bad game. I wouldn't say I didn't enjoy playing Skyrim, but I would say Skyrim is dumbed down. Like a lot of what made Morrowind really good has been lost in Skyrim. I mean, it's gained other things too. You know, like Skyrim, I, I, I wouldn't say that, you know, they should get rid of some of the quality of life things they've done in Skyrim. But I would say that, you know, removal of the spellmaking system, for example, that is a dumbing down. You know, some, something has definitely been lost there. So Skyrim is what you get when you simplify or streamline your product for the mass market. And obviously, it becomes more mass market. You make a lot more money. Fine. But I, I've, I think Elden Ring shows that you don't have to dumb it down. You can, you can bring the mass market up to you rather than bring yourself down to the mass market. You know, if you look at look at what happened to world of warcraft right where they they diluted their their core product down so much to try and you know basically people who liked mmos they were all playing world of warcraft it was like a it was like a force to be reckoned with right and then when their user base growth slowed down they just kept making the game simpler to try and get more and more people on board and then eventually they passed some critical point where the people you know their core original audience no longer wanted to play the game because the game was too simple now. There was like no depth to the game at all. And then they just lost everything. And I, you know, I think that's the danger of trying to pander too much to the mass market because mm. you know, you're losing sight of what, what makes your game good in the first place. And you know, again, Elden Ring, I think, has they've really refined over their games. They know what is actually important and they've just stuck to it. And I, I think that's really important. And, uh, you know, they deserve praise for it and success and they've got it sorry yeah, i'll stop now <laughs> no no I, I, I was just going to say that i really like skyrim but definitely agree agree on that point i think we kind of touched on it earlier as well just just this is i mean more like kind of morrowind and all that sort of stuff just so incredibly inventive in in this game and it does have that depth of mechanics like you say um 
but the accessibility is brought through through other things. I think it's genuinely brought brought through the open world because you do have that choice of just platforming around. It, it definitely helps. It, it definitely helped me. One other game I, I kind of uh, I was wondering about comparison with was far more recent, which is Cyberpunk. Mm. And and once I hit, hit on that like comparison, like what Cyberpunk does versus what Elden Ring does, I think those are exactly like the polar opposites of exactly what you're talking about, style versus substance. And it's not on an accessibility front, or there, I suppose it is a little bit. It's much more about the cinematic experience in Cyberpunk, but then the whole world just feels dead. Like it is graphically, you know, very, very nice, but there is nothing really entertaining to do there. Or at least I, I didn't find it. And and the mechanics, the kind of weird halfway between RPG and action mechanics are very unsatisfying. Whereas they get that balance of action and RPG really nicely here. Like, it's not like you, you know, if you're low level on magic, you just randomly miss all the time, which is incredibly unsatisfying as a player. But you know, it, you just get more powerful. It's really, really simple. You deal more damage. Yeah, you're right. I think the way I'm characterizing it, obviously, is also too simple. It, it's not just, you know, accessible mm. versus complicated or dumbed down versus, you know, complex. It's, it's yeah, there are many axes to make this comparison on. And cyberpunk and the style versus the substance is, is an interesting point to bring up. Because... <laughs> to bring in breath of the world yet again you know what is what is what is in morrowind versus what's not in skyrim what is missing from cyberpunk and actually in a way what's missing from elden ring to a certain extent it's like yeah like the systemic nature of it so the combat and and the build variety in elden ring does have that complexity in, and the systems to it you know like as you say the stats you put in affect like your casting speed or the damage you do and like there's a lot of depth to that system I feel like Morrowind and the earlier Elder Scrolls games and also Breath of the Wild, mm. their world is very systemic. You know, you've got the climbing in Breath of the Wild. Like, can you get somewhere? Well, do you have enough stamina to climb there? You know, it's not just the paths that the the, the map designers laid down. There's also like this idea of like, if you've, if you've got the stamina, yeah. you, can, you can just climb anywhere, right? And setting things on fire and rolling boulders and freezing time and all all of that good stuff. There's a lot of play in and it to a certain extent. Exactly. And that makes the world feel very rich, right? Because like yeah. you can make your own story, you can make your own fun. You know, if you if you decide you want to get to Hero Castle by freeze timing a log and then hitting it with a massive axe and standing on it and then, you know, it's shooting off at 200 miles an hour and you surfing it to Hero Castle, you can do that in Breath of the Wild, right? Whereas, you know, you can do that in Morrowind as well. There's literally a spell they give you at the start of the game that fortifies your jump 7,000 points and you can jump right to the top of the mountain at the end of the game. I mean, you'll probably die when you hit the ground, but you can make that jump. So you know, good. it's the same thing. It's very systemic. Whereas Skyrim, you can't do that anymore. They, they've stripped all that out in the, name, in the name of like, you know, making the game more controlled. I don't know. I'm not sure where I'm going with that. But Cyberpunk, I think, is the same problem as well, right? It looks beautiful, but all the systems that underlie it are just actually missing. 
just because they didn't have time, I guess. It was too ambitious and they just they just couldn't hold it together. Yeah. Which I is think- fair enough. I mean, it's a very difficult game to make. Is 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 the fundamentally different design philosophy in the world building, and and prioritizing cinematics versus mechanics, and finding what's the fun mechanic that is going to make this game a game. And and it's funny because if you if you looked at the earlier cyberpunk footage, it seemed like it was going to be very systematic, like you could yeah. be hacking stuff and you had Incredible you know you could make guns with smart bullets and all these cool things, but actually the things they showed you were the only things you could do, you mm. know? So it was a bit of a shame. Yeah. They, they just didn't make the mechanics very fun. Sorry. I feel like I've gone quite off piste here. I don't know. Should I, apologies. Should, apologies. I, should I bring it back to some of the other points in, in this? Or do you, do you guys have any yeah, other points yeah. you want to bring up? Okay. I, I guess just to, you know, reiterate again, like I, I, it's a five star game for me. Would I give it like ninety five? Would I give it like ninety eight? I don't know the exact numbers, but I, I would give it five stars. You know, it is it is extremely good, and you know, people have criticised it for being too much like Dark Souls three or reuse of Dark Souls three stuff. But I don't know. It, it doesn't matter to me that the animations are the same. Like the attack animation is reused from Dark Souls three. You know, like it's a good animation. Like, what's the problem there? It's fine. I did watch some videos where they made some interesting points about game design kind of concerns, like saying like some of the enemies are too tanky or (laughs) poise is worthless. Like, you know, there's only one way to play the game really. And that's to dodge roll all the time. You can't actually just make a huge heavy guy with a shield and like block everything. And like, I don't think that's true, but dodge rolling everywhere definitely is easier. So maybe the build variety isn't quite as good as in, Dark Souls 1, for example. I mean, Dark Souls 1 is is definitely a masterpiece. But, you know, th- this is a masterpiece too. I-, I don't know what else to say. And they, they, they did build on the formula a bit too. You know, they, they invented new mechanics like that Flask of Wondrous Physic and the Ash of War system. So it, it wasn't just taking Dark Souls and putting it in an open world. You know, they, they, they built on it as well. And it's not all cookie cutter. Oh, sorry, you go. No, no, <laughs> that's fine. No, I agree. It's it's, it's not all cookie cutter. It's it, there's no kind of feeling of filler in there. Wait, yeah, because you know. So but... my 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 point <laughs> to this, I was saying right, Breath of the Wild. I I don't know. We keep com- I I keep comparing it to Breath of the Wild. This is probably my weakness, but like. Breath of Wild, just because it's the other open world game, it's, it's the last open world game that I think I enjoyed as much as this. And, mm. you know, the shrines in Breath of the Wild, they kind of got boring. It, it felt like yeah. there were a few types of shrine. And, like, I would, I was not interested in going into a lot of the shrines as the game went on. So I feel like Elden Ring did a bit better you know, in well, with the mini du- dungeons. The dungeons are the equivalent, right? Yeah. In that, yeah, I mean, the shrines, they do feel like, you know, they copy-paste, copy-paste, and they definitely visually seem like, like that across the world, even though they're beautiful. But the dungeons, they are kind of copy-paste. You, I think you were talking about this before. They're, the, the, the rough kind of structure is, they're structurally similar, but the amount that they play around with what's in there is pretty amazing. Yeah, I mean, I'm, maybe they are a bit cookie cutter, but there's there's just more types. I guess that's the thing. You've got like the catacombs, you've got 
the graves you've got the the mines yeah but what about what about the enemies the bosses that become regular enemies (laughs) see i think this is like a souls game staple i think that's okay personally but (laughs) okay because it's a staple no no i think it's okay because it makes you feel like you've become a badass you know it's like wow this was a boss before and now this is just trash to me you know (laughs) fine but but i am was it being generous they do reuse quite a lot of stuff you you do there are plenty of enemies that are just like resized versions of ones you fought before so it's a big world, you know. Maybe maybe they do need a cookie cutter sometimes. <laughs> Remixes. It, it's quite funny how they seem to be kind of copy-pasted in random places around the world. Not not just bosses, but but the actual regular enemy. It's like you have demi-humans in some, what are they called, the zombie things, mm. in one part. And then you have the, the, the tall, stretchy worm things in another part. Um... And then obviously bats and stuff, but bats are a bit more normal. But the particularly the weirder enemies, there seems to be almost like a poetry to where they're dotted around the place. Like it's not entirely clear why they are in and what connects these different areas. But they just seem to be they seem to appear in similar areas to other things. But this is only a vague thing, I notice, so apologies. No, no, I think this is interesting to say, you're right, because I I don't think that it's ever random. I don't. I think when you get an no. enemy that seems out of place and strange, there's a reason for it. And this is this is all the lore stuff that I love so much that no one else seems to care about. Like you know the environmental storytelling. Because it, it occurred to me afterwards that you know that bit that we've all experienced in Rayo Lucaria, where you've got that long boss run up to the Red Wolf, right? And it's like that yep. really punishing boss run. It's like, oh, why isn't there a stake of Marika here? You know, why didn't why do I have to run so far from the last sight of grace? And it's because there are no stakes of Marika in Rare Lucaria. Because Radigan left Rinala for Marika and Rinala was heartbroken, and that's why there's no statues of Marika in the entire academy. And so that's why we've got to do a long boss run. That's hilarious. But you know, it's the environmental storytelling. And I think they put in that really long boss run to make you think, why isn't there a stake of America here? And then when you think about it, that's why. Because her husband left her for this woman. Of course she's not going to put any statues of her in her home. That completely passed me by because I didn't notice any stakes of America anywhere else. <laughs> okay. In the uh in the in the dungeons at least. Because they're so limiting on you know. Your your spawn points. Yeah, in a lot of the other dungeons, if you die at the boss, there's a stake of Marika at the fog gate. If if the grace is a long way away, I didn't see that. Um, okay, okay. I'm just going to make a slightly random point then, similar to my random law point just now, which is to say, it occurred to me. I, I've said in the past, like it's really sad because people don't put in secret content anymore. Like people don't put in like weird hidden areas that, you know that are hard to discover because they don't want to they don't want to put loads of effort into some dungeon that no one's going to see but that's not true anymore because the internet exists right like nothing nothing is secret for long and if you are playing this game casually you might miss you know like the halic tree or 
you know, the Moguin dynasty, like all these, these secret shard bearers, like you might never discover they exist. But if you're into the game and you, you really like the game, you're going to see it because you're going to Google it and you're going to find out it exists and you're going to seek it out, right? So, you know, this game has, this game has secrets and that's great. But it, it made me realize that actually there's no need to be afraid of secret content anymore because everyone who wants to see it is going to see it. No need to be afraid of it from a game development standpoint, that is. Uh, yeah, that's, that's um, what I want to say. I guess you're all, no, this also extends to gear, right? And now, you know, when you see some cool gear, it gives you a new purpose sometimes because you go off and find it via the mm. wiki, unfortunately. Yeah, this this is why the Souls likes are the true strand game, not Death Stranding. Sorry. Because, <laughs> you know, you see that yes! sweet suit of armor, you see that beautiful yes! head plume and you want it, you know? This is why fashion yes. souls... Actually, I think they call it Elden Bling in this one. Elden Bling. That's why the Elden Bling is important. Amazing. C- can I pull up a question that, that I think Tingo had later on? I can't find where it is now, but but is it okay that that half this game is a wiki or needs a wiki and that you're kind of... like I, I would not be able to get through this without without all the people online. What do we think of that? Because the wiki to me is like is half the game, basically. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. There, there was a time, as part of, I don't know, part of all our journeys, where you can't look up a solution where you'd prevent you stop yourself because it it clashed with your identity, maybe. But now I think it's the norm. I I can't. It's it's just so normalized right now. But but is it okay that the game is designed in such a way that you kind of need to do that? So that that's kind of what I'm getting at. It's an open secret that we all look at wikis for any game. I don't know, is it or isn't it? Uh, this is a really insightful question. I love this I, question. I guess this is so. I mean, how do you feel about using the wiki thing? Or you're just saying you're just saying? Are you saying yes? It's fine. Is what you're saying? Yes, it's fine. Uh, what do you think, Mike Q? Uh, well, both of you guys um, Dark souls it. Like, you you kind of came up against a challenge and thought, okay, I'm going to kind of try and try again until I batter the shit out of this challenge. Which is is not... It doesn't seem a very wicky thing to do, if you see what I mean. Well, no, but yes and no, right? Because I I didn't use the wiki until later on. I started out trying to play the game blind. Because, yeah, yeah, I, you're right. I felt from like some certain like self conception of how I play games that I should try and play it blind, at least to begin with. But there's also because I know that for for things like, oh, how do I beat this boss? The wiki is not very useful. Like, I don't know if, you know, this is from my experience from previous Souls games where I've been using the wiki and stuff. Like if if you read someone's like guide on how to beat a boss on the wiki and you read what they suggest, yeah. it's like totally useless. At least it's totally useless to me. Yeah, sometimes. You know, sometimes, other than yeah. when it suggests you an amazing cheese strat, like, oh, you can sneak behind it and cast poison mist. But like most of the time it's just yeah. like, oh, watch out for this attack and try and counter with like this with your hammer. And it's like, I'm not using a hammer. Like that's useless advice. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, from that perspective, the wiki is not useful to me. And so that's why it's not a big deal. But 
For things like the secrets and the quests, yeah, very insightful question. And I think this is why like the Horizon Zero Dawn devs, you know, or Horizon Forbidden West devs, sorry, are pissed off because the Elden Ring quests are obtuse to the extent of like literally taking the piss. Like most of them are actually basically unsolvable without the wiki. You know, like if you if you didn't know, like, oh, this character is going to disappear and appear over in this other point in the world, and you've got to talk to them before you do this thing, or you fail their quest, you can't complete their quest, right? Yeah. Unless you look that up, yeah, you basically wouldn't know. I mean, again, to mention again, this is how I got you know locked out of Volcano Manor because you know, you've got a certain amount of time where you've got to talk to this uh, Raya. Is it Raya? Raya? I don't know. Yeah. This this character in Leonia, you know, who will give you the invitation, and you can miss that, and I missed it. So I missed it because I wasn't using the wiki at that point in the game, you know, and, and that's why later on I was just like, I'm just going to start looking up the secrets now. You know, I, I knew there was a point at which if I didn't start looking at the wiki, I would just have to do another whole playthrough, basically. So I was like, I'm just going to start looking. And that's when I came to that realization, you know, why be afraid of secret content? Wikis exist for a reason. The Internet exists now. We may as well embrace it. It's pointless trying to make a game with really obtuse secrets with the expectation that everyone's going to solve it on their own because no one's going to do that. This is just how this is just how the world works now. I think it's okay. You're looking at me <laughs> like slightly perplexed. Yeah. Me. No, no, no. I agree as I I completely agree like like that that and that is the side of is it okay to use a wiki? But I think the question the, the the kind of hovering around is is the is it okay for them to desi- design a game that's so that is so obtuse in the first place that you need a wiki so i mean i was thinking if i had played this back in february and come in absolutely cold and didn't have the guides and things like this i i've no idea where i would have bounced off it because i do know that technically you can get and I think you did this, you can buy knowledge from people and that's actually yes. what those knowledge things are supposed to be. But I d- if I did not have other people going, oh, actually you can do this in order to get around this and oh, actually there are these things called uh, the spirits. But for the spirits, you need to obviously go to the twin maiden husks and buy a spirit calling bell because otherwise you can't use them, this mechanic that you don't... Oh, you missed, you missed that conversation exists. with rena uh i guess so yeah okay fine that's interesting that you missed that because I, I got given the spirit calling bell oh right but that, that's just an example of yeah you can yeah, miss then. things yeah, yeah exactly so it's, presumably that's an npc that's that's around the world and and sorry we're building on your point as well like it's um you can get locked out of other quests as well uh, without without knowing and you were saying last time that you're you've got a particular ending and then there are multiple endings like would you even know that there are multiple endings if you if you didn't have have all these wikis so if it, if i'd been starting it and and didn't have all that stuff i think i would have bounced off and got just got really frustrated and and it that is kind of rather kind of disrespecting of your time in inverted commas to to make it so to make it so obtuse yeah but but when you do have the wiki it makes it quite a fun because because it does become more like a puzzle game and even bosses can be kind of puzzled through because there are cheeses that people find and that that's very entertaining in a way i i really think this was a fascinating 
point of discussion to bring up and it you know it it's made me think is it okay or not like that is actually a really interesting question like about game design is it okay and yeah i i think you can make a strong argument either way but you know i'm of the opinion that they've done the right thing you know you may as well embrace the fact that wikis exist and that's mm. why it's okay to make a game that's ob- as obtuse as this and to your point about the bouncing off i feel like the really hardcore are going to be playing this game like every waking moment and filling in that wiki because that's what they enjoy like they enjoy like not knowing what the hell is going on and like laying down that knowledge for others you know to follow in their footsteps and then by the time people who are playing the game more slowly get to it because they've got you know actual responsibilities in their lives that knowledge is there on the wiki and is up to you whether you use it or not i think it's like just accepting of what the world is like now yeah it just creates multiple meta games yeah i mean i do think it's interesting when people try and turn back the clock you know if you if you see games where they try to put in crazy secrets that people aren't going to find and bury them so deep Mm. and it's very rare now like how you know to give some examples like binding of isaac they literally didn't put the character in the game they required people to play the game and like post stuff on twitter and when someone solved the the riddle on twitter then they released a patch that added in you know the thing or noiter where those guys are just monsters of code like that game has a secret hidden in it people still think but it's so well hidden that even decompiling the game they've not been able to find it no one's been able to solve it yet with the you know the puzzle with the eyes and the cauldron so i don't know you know those puzzles still exist but they're they're rare they're rare and you know now now they mostly exist only if you have the self-control to not look at the wiki but this stuff even pops up on gaming news sites as well it's incredibly hard to avoid it's it's just like how when a big movie comes out and you've just got to avoid spoilers right you've just got to like not look at the internet for a week until you've seen the film games don't roll you know you can't turn around games that quickly yeah (laughs) yeah also true also true there's something parallel to the the streaming services releasing an episode a week deliberately so you get people talking about it and kind of unpacking the mysteries of one episode before they see the next episode i definitely think it, it there's there's an element of we're creating this to be obtuse so that people are talking about it online so that people develop this kind of obsession over it I mean, we're we're in July now, or August by the time this comes out, and this came out in February, <laughs> and we're still kind of talking, <laughs> talking about it, and actively playing and obsessing over it. And this is just, this is the most, this is the tip of the iceberg, <laughs> this is the most passive consumption of it. Anyway. Do you want to talk about lore? Okay, since I keep bringing it up and I can't help it, I can't help myself, do you guys care about the lore? at all what do you think the Elden ring is you don't have to answer that question right away tell me tell me how you feel about the law so to me Elden ring is more about the mechanics the, the gameplay mechanics than the law but i want to say something else is if there was no law and there's no world building i would miss it right yeah i need yeah i need the crazy imagery that comes <laughs> with the law I don't not that I know what's going on, but I like knowing this is a weird and 
twisted place. Yeah, I'm I'm currently facing kind of white ball men with <laughs> kind of sheets over them carrying golden trumpets. Like it is absolutely batshit, but it's very amusing. And apparently, you know, in some way they they tied together it with some kind of justification. But but yeah, the law thing is fun. Especially, I didn't know the the Renner and Stakes America thing. So that's just super cool. It's amazing that they have the craft and the and the art and the ideas to to actually bombard this thing with so much amazing stuff. Yeah, I mean, I obviously like I like the law a lot. <laughs> I'm not sure that I'm actually not sure the law in Elden Ring is as good as the Souls games. Like it's it's very convoluted, and there's a lot of weird stories to be told but it also kind of doesn't seem to really make sense or hang together in a good way i mean it might be that some final pieces are going to drop in place later as people continue to try and figure out what the hell's going on and then it's gonna you know everyone's head's gonna explode because it will turn out it's an incredible work of genius but at the moment it just seems a bit confused and well you know we'll see we'll see what comes down the line because a bit random yeah a bit random like they didn't really know the answer and so they've just left it really wishy-washy and it's just very unsatisfying in in some respects but i think there will probably be dlc and maybe that dlc will give us the law answers we crave plus obviously more more game so may, maybe that's the solution i'm sure there's gonna there must be dlc it's, it's sold so many copies you know they'd be leaving money on the table if they didn't make some dlc and then you know, funnily enough, I've not ever really actually played the DLC for any of the Souls games, but apparently it's the best. It's actually the best bit of the game, so it's, you know, I'm missing out. Oh, I mean, there's there's so much to go into. It's just uh, I just don't have the have the time and patience to get into all of the all the depths of it. But the one thing I'm I'm actually quite interested in is how the religions pan out in it, because there do seem to be multiple religions and factions, but I haven't quite got my head around them. But I probably will have to watch a video about those and, you know, the people of light or whatever it's called and the the, the three fingers that you were talking about, the, the kind of chaos. And there's probably a kind of death cult as well. I've no idea. I'd need to, to kind of watch it. But there's clearly different factions and then the, the volcano man of people. Yeah. I mean, even if you don't care about it from a storyline perspective, you probably care about it from using their cool magic perspective so oh, of course yeah so you know they, there are gameplay implications too yeah i want dragon head magic yeah uh so we think there is a dlc coming i i would be surprised if there wasn't a dlc coming just from a financial point of view there, there's there was a supposed leak where they said the dlc is going to be called barbarians of the badlands but it <laughs> might also be it might well be a fake leak because that seems like a ridiculous name. That that that's like <laughs> no, that's like a Disco Elysium title. Yeah. yeah. Okay. To to finish up, then let's ask a loaded question: Is it going to be game of the year? Yes, definitely. Ting. Yeah, most likely. Yeah, I think it probably will be as well. I had a shadow question for this, for, which is: Will it be an, a game of all time for you guys? And that is a, a loaded question, yeah. I, I think it's too soon. I think mm. it's too soon to say, is it going to be one of my all-time, you know, best games? Uh, well, I don't understand why it's why we have to wait to find that out. 
you gotta you gotta <laughs> let it stew, right? It's just like you've got like recency bias, you know. I guess so. Yeah, but that, it, it that's very good, but like, it might it might recency it, bias. It might be up there. Yeah, I mean, right now I feel like it's one of the best games I've I've ever played. But you know, maybe maybe in a few months' time I'll be like, actually, no, I think I think Dark Souls was better. It was a you know, it was like a more focused experience. Or maybe it'll just be like, actually, I just love climbing. It's Breath of the Wild, you know. Who who can say? Okay. Thing A. No, it's not one of the best games of all time. <laughs> <laughs> love it. <laughs> it's too painful. It's too painful. <laughs> I just love the pain, man. <laughs> uh, I, I'm kind of more on that side. Uh, I I I I'm clearly enjoying it now, but um, I mean, I don't think anything is going to change that I just don't love it or don't have any kind of the same kind of emotional bond with it as I do with with a Zelda. Uh, I mean, Ocarina of Time, fine to go, but Majora's Mask, obviously. (laughs) Or even, you know, like a portal or something like this. Like, we do so many many of these kind of lists on on X-Drive that... You know, I've forgotten what my top top games of all time were, but there's there's got to be a something personal to it, and it's 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 just a, you know I admire this more than I love it. Yeah, I mean there there is definitely a slot in my you know greatest of all time games for a Souls like, mm. but whether that slot should go to this game or to like the original dark souls for example or bloodborne or something you know too soon to say at at the moment it's occupied by dark souls but you know maybe this one will edge out in the end we'll have to see i also want to add that mikey has told me not to expect much from god of war ragnarok (laughs) no i said (laughs) sorry i can't remember what i said So, so Potentially, I don't. Well, I was excited. Ex- I was excited for God of War Ragnarok, but not not anymore. Have you, have you played the other? Have you played the other ones? Uh, yeah, no, I, didn't, I didn't realize you were so into them. You're just ripping eyeballs out of, you know, beasts. Who, who's not into that? <laughs> Me? Did you <laughs> did you finish the 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 God of War one? I think we talked about this no. last time. Okay, okay, yeah, fine. No, I, th- I think it'll just be more of the same, but I'm sure it'll be amazing. It's, it'll definitely be a game of the year either way if it comes out. And Breath of the Wild, we we, we know that it's, it's not coming out this year. Mike, a best game of all time. Surely that should delight you throughout, right? I don't like. Can you answer this question? You know, through the hundred hundred plus hours, were you delighted? I mean, yeah, I was running out of steam. You know towards the end like when i was when i was powering through mikola's halleck tree i was really running out of steam but that is i think because that area is bullshit you know <laughs> and because melania is taking the piss you know like i i literally was just like i do not understand how to deal with the waterfowl dance like i don't seem to be able to block it i don't seem to be able to roll out the way you know i'm just gonna i'm just gonna summon a hero to uh to take her out for me so I was running out of steam there, but that's also just because I was trying to power through and get it done, get it done before we recorded. You know, if I'd taken a more leisurely pace, it maybe it would have felt different. And like, 
other bits of the game i genuinely really enjoyed like that fi- that final battle even though that the elden beast is kind of bs as well i actually really enjoyed it you know so so much bs but you're still defending it yeah it's is that's you know it's like the satisfaction of a job well done mm-hmm. you know this is this is what's missing from my life now like you know I, maybe this is why I sh- I, maybe i should need to get a job again right you know <laughs> you need some challenge you need some adversity is it this you need people to give you money. <laughs> is this someone who, who committed to Wim Hof breathing? <laughs> yeah, and taping my mouth yeah. shut. I know. God, that was a crazy episode. <laughs> I think it's a few months back now. Any any final things to say, Ting? <laughs> do, you, do you think other games will follow Elden Ring's lead? In what sense? Well, we're the only we've, we've only talked about Elden Ring and Breath of the Wild almost in isolation. Where are the other games? I mentioned a lot of Elder Scrolls stuff. You mean in... You mean... But, but Skyrim is 10 years old. That's true, that's true. <laughs> oh, that's true. If not more. Oh, that's, that's a horrifying fact, yeah. It's always relevant, you know. They just, they keep... Uh, <laughs> they keep um, using that golden goose. And, you know, along those same lines, what, what would Elden Ring 2 look like? Oh, well, you know... By extension, Mike, what will Breath of the Wild 2 look like? I I hope they make it all cell shaded and they uh they bring it back full circle and and they do try to make it more Zelda. And then you have extreme death animations as well as uh as well as the cutesy uh, uh appear appearance. For Elden oh, Ring 2. For Elden Ring 2. <laughs> Elden Ring 2. Yeah. I would love that. It would make it more accessible. Yeah, for definitely. Me. And and add in physics uh, physics things like uh, uh, inter- a more interactive environment. And you know, we need we all need more box in there and things like this, like trees that turn into people and shit like this, and trees you can and chop down. music as well. Yeah, it, it, honestly, that would be yeah. amazing. I I do feel like Breath of the Wild did pick up some things from Dark Souls, right? Like there's the parrying, yeah. there's like the gigantic enemies, breaking you know, swords. And, well, I don't know if that's Dark Souls. <laughs> well, maybe not that, <laughs> but but well, I mean, but in in maybe in a sense, in like thematically of being unforgiving, and yeah, I would I would be all right with an Elden Ring two learning more lessons from Breath of the Wild. You know, I I feel like it already learned some, and it could learn some more. You know, or whatever Breath of the Wild two brings to the table, maybe it should it should crib some of those. You know, like copy my homework, but don't make it too obvious. It's so random. I do feel it. It needs some kind of more soul, soul to it, not to be, you know, ironic. But um, it, it, Elden Ring. I mean, it's it's to kind of create more kind of actual love for it. But maybe 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 that's just like my personal preference. I want something which is. I mean, I tend to be drawn to more like story, story, and ca- kind of charactery games and playful games. You need you need a double jumping horse as well. So. Yeah, the double jumping horse has to stay. <laughs> that is that is a deal breaker if it doesn't. Yeah, I I do think those things you're looking for are in this game, but they don't make it easy to find them. Like there are these themes of why are you doing the things that you're doing? Why are you a tarnished? What is the Elden Ring? You know, like, what is my purpose? What, why am I trying to save the world? Or am I trying to doom it? You know, these, these motivations and things are in there, but you've, you've got to look for them. And 
if you just play the game, yeah, it will all just be like, why am I doing this? I don't know. I just want, I just want bigger number. Number go up and sword, sword go smash. I'd like them to be happier and cheerier though than more, more metal. Yeah, that, okay, you're right. That's that's true. No one gets a happy ending in any no. of the Souls games. So you're right. Maybe that's what they need to do. Poor Blythe. Poor God. Blythe. Blythe. Blythe definitely deserved a better ending. I feel oh, so sad. You can't pet him, and you have to kill him. Poor dude. Oh dear. All right. Are we done? I think that's it. Okay. Wow. We're done. Imagine if this had been part of the previous episode. We'd like it'd be like one in the morning. This was originally just one section of a longer app, and we managed to. Wow. We had a lot to say. Sorry. I hope. I hope that's all right. No, that's great. That's <laughs> this good. is why we. This is why we split it out. So, next time, Ting, enlighten us. It's your pick. We're playing Into the Breach, which has been recently updated. Good timing. Good timing. Is this another 100-hour-plus intense battle game? No, it's an 8-hour turn-based, mini-turn-based RPG. No, turn-based RTS. No, if it's not RTS, how can can a turn-based be RTS? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Good point. What is it? Turn-based strategy. Turn-based strategy. I, I'm glad we're doing a shorter one. I don't. I don't think I could handle another hundred-hour monstrosity. Although, having said that, I think this one can be a hundred-hour monstrosity if you uh, if you really want to go for it. I I'm pretty sure I've got a friend who's got a hundred hours plus, maybe even two hundred hours plus on this game in Steam. So it's as long as you want it to be. I'll be fascinated to tune in next time and hear you guys spend half of it on Into the Breach and half of it updating each other on Elden Ring. (laughs) (laughs) We were Lost Levels Club. We still are Lost Levels Club. Please rate and subscribe to us on um, Apple Podcasts. Please, please, please. You can find us on email. Mike.and.ting at lostlevels.club On Twitter. At Lost Levels Club. On Twitch. As Lost Levels Club. Anywhere else? Reddit slash r slash Lost Levels Club. So Mike, what are you grateful for today? It's coming home. <laughs> it's coming home. It's coming. <laughs> Football's coming. I can't well believe done. it. Like England, England actually won. England won. <laughs> international football tournament it's so like, good <laughs> it's been it's been so long yeah I, I don't even really care much about football but <laughs> you know i care about this did you so, did you get to watch any of it i i actually didn't watch okay, it i just okay. looked up the score oh, but no. I, it's, it was, it was pretty happy. incredible nice oh yeah no that's very very good i guess i'm grateful for that as well and uh and also to know that uh, where the next site of grace is in bloody Leandell Royal Capital on a very, very base <laughs> level. Yes. Tingo, what are you grateful for? No, we don't do this. The mics <laughs> say bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs>